Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, as you know, each passing week this summer brings new developments in the planning of high school sports for this coming year. Uh, Two weeks ago, New Jersey announced that they were going to delay the start of high school sports until September 14th. This past week, New York State announced that they're going to postpone the start of their high school fall sports until Monday, September 21st. In both states, it would appear that Plan B, so to speak, is to start in early January with three shortened seasons that would overlap each other a bit. Now look, no matter what plan is going to be employed, there will no no longer be any state playoffs this year. After all, there are only so many weeks in the calendar year, and when you condense the schedule, well, something has to give. And to me, in my opinion, not having regional or state playoffs, well, That's a small sacrifice. I mean, after all, for years, at least in New York State, there were no state playoffs. In my opinion, to me, I'd just be very, very happy if the kids in high school today were allowed to compete and play on their high school sports squads this year. To me, that's the key here, and I'm sure you and your athletes feel the same way. We all agree that we're eager to see our our kids go back and play high school sports. We all believe in all the positive benefits that that derive from these extracurricular activities, but we also understand that this year we have to figure out a way for our, our youngsters and their coaches and teachers and, quite frankly, ourselves to remain safe and healthy. And along those lines, The fact is, as we go through all this and we discuss all this, and we know, of course, that that pro sports are are getting ready to to launch again, but the high school at the amateur level, it's just complicated. 
there are still very essential, vital questions that remain unanswered. For example, there's still no explanation as to how football, a high-risk sport for the transmission of COVID-19, how that will be played in a safe manner. How do kids line up across from each other in a line of scrimmage without breathing in each other's faces? Or when there's a, a pileup after a tackle? Now, look, I know the NFL is talking about using a, a protective face mask uh, this coming fall, but will that really work? And at the high school level, if we did use these protective face masks, well, who's going to pay for those? Remember, the school budgets are going to be very, very tight this coming year. I also wonder about a sport like wrestling or basketball or soccer. Even if they are pushed back to later this year or into early spring, I have the same question. How do you play those sports in a safe fashion? Again, wrestling, that's a close contact sport, just like football. Basketball, I know it's a medium risk sport, but I still think that's a concern. Soccer, the same way. Uh, you know, lacrosse, ice hockey. How do you play these uh, in a way that's uh, conducive uh, to the kids maintaining their health? Now, look, I know a number of you have suggested to me in the last couple of weeks about allowing the, the low-risk sports like like cross-country or golf, swimming, tennis. Let those start on time in the fall. And maybe, you know, even about baseball and softball as well. But hold off on football, soccer, and field hockey till later in the year. And I have to say, it's very possible... It's very possible, and nobody wants to even entertain this idea, we may actually have to cancel some selected sports uh, for this coming year, including football and wrestling, because they're just so dangerous. Now, look, we also all know that on top of all these concerns and worries about the high school sports I just mentioned, we also know that there are lots and lots of kids currently playing in travel and club teams. As I have noted numerous times on this show in recent weeks, it's the travel organizations which are now flourishing during these uncertain times. Why? Because, as you know, travel clubs are not encumbered in any way by school districts or state licensing when it comes to their teams. And as such, their athletes, well, they've been attending practices and competing in games and tournaments as though the pandemic was, has totally come and gone. And in many situations, the travel programs do try to remind the kids to be socially distant on the bench and to, to work out and practices in small groups, to use sanitizers, and so on. And the parents are reminded to wear masks and stay distant in the stands or on the sidelines. Now, the fact is, the kids on travel teams, they don't dress in, in a high school locker room. They dress at home. They do not take buses. They go usually to travel situations in their own family car and so on and so forth. So that's all good. I have to also say I'm also getting reports about travel teams that are not so reassuring that these the rules for safety and hygiene are not necessarily being followed strictly. That, in fact, these kids, these teenagers, well, they're just being kids. And many times their parents are feeling strongly in the same way. Uh, so what we have here are two worlds of youth sports which seemingly are in parallel paths. High school sports, which are being very, very cautious, and have already pushed back to start a fall sports. And on the other hand, we have travel teams, which right now are playing. They're back to work. Kids are playing full speed ahead in soccer, baseball, softball, across you name it. So who's right? <laughs> Honestly, 
I don't know. That's the question. That's the problem. Let's talk about this. one 337 6666 We do know some basic facts that do you know, help us in our discussion. The hot weather did not erase the virus. In fact, just the opposite. Florida, Texas, California, as you know, they're all seeing record infections. Uh, and presumably there will be a spike in, in deaths in the next few weeks. We've also seen lots of video of young people uh, not wearing masks or social distancing. They just seem not to want to do it. And uh, in, in New Jersey, uh, you know, New York, uh, Connecticut, well, we did, as residents, we did practice distancing and masks over the last four months, and we flattened the curve. But does this mean that, that we are now fully out of the woods regarding the virus? one 337 6666 Let us start our conversation this morning with, uh, with Jack Smithlin, the Hall of Fame coach from Fairlawn. Jack, good morning. How are you, Rick? I'm well, Jack. Uh, How are you holding up? I'm, I'm hanging in there. Um, hope everybody's safe and healthy where you are. Yep. Um, you know, it, it's funny because do, uh, Dr. Uh, Rob Gilbert over at Montclair State gave a good analogy about, you know, the bear, the, uh, the virus being a bear that you're fighting. And, you know, you, you don't stop fighting. You don't stop fighting the bear until the bear rests. You know, you can't take a rest from this and expect it to stop, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, and, and and my theory is, you know, you can't you, you don't slow you don't slow a, a fire down by throwing wood onto it. You know, you, <laughs> you don't throw the wood on it. So, you know, you you got to back away a little bit here. You know, I mean, I've been very I've been in contact with a lot of New Jersey people and I've been keeping on top of what's happening in New Jersey. And I have some great sources. Um you know, New Jersey has just put out their guidelines for phase two, um, but you must complete two weeks of phase one before you can even start phase two. And after you complete phase two, it's another two weeks of virtual practice before your season starts in September. Yep. Now, you know, football, like you said, it is a very, very tough sport to play. It's a high-risk sport, and so is wrestling, like you, like you stated, and I believe – Basketball is not a mid-risk. I think it's a high-risk. You're, you're shoulder-to-shoulder, sweat-to-sweat. Look, you know, you, you can't play defense 10 feet away from a basketball player. So, you know, these things are crazy. I, I, have, a, I have a good friend that I asked to do me a favor. And this friend um, coaches in the fall, and I asked them to do me um, take a poll and uh, ask a few of your players, you know, newcomers coming in, guys that have been there or girls that have been there for a while, and ask them in this time where the virus is at this particular time, would you play in a sport or, you know, talk to their parents and ask them if you would allow your child to play at this time. And they told me that more than 50% of the people that they contacted said no, they would not allow their player, their, their sons or daughters to play. Uh, oh, so wait. when you think, Jack, let me stop you there. You you asked a, a coach in New Jersey who coaches in the yep. fall, and he did a quick yep. sort of a ad hoc poll of his current high school players, and they fifty percent of them said they would not play this fall if if COVID it, was not eradicated. If the virus if the virus stays where it is right now, yeah, okay. And which it's getting stronger, it seems, especially throughout the United States. Numbers, like you said, are going up. 
they would not allow their child to play. And, and you know, it's funny because you put kids in a situation where, you know, hey, you're coming in as a freshman, you want to make the football team or the soccer team, you know, and we're going to play. So you really have no option other than to say, well, if I ever want to be a soccer player or a football player, I, I'm going to have to play, you know, and you're putting them in a situation where it's it's really not their choice, even though it is their choice. But, you know, what's the kid going to do? Oh, no, I'm not going to play because, of course, they're going to play. So now the parents have to step in and make decisions. So in a situation with playing football, all right, let's just say use football, playing football, half of your players aren't even going to show up. How are you going to do a program? Here in New Jersey, one of our local high schools already started their phase one, which they did on time. I think phase one was the 13th of of uh, July, mm-hmm. and they've already shut down for two weeks, all closed completely, no practice, no nothing, no contact, because a couple people on the team came in contact with a person that tested positive. Yeah. So now that school right there is shut down. Their Their program is shut down for two weeks. Now, when they start back up, they still have to complete that Two weeks of phase one. So how far are they going to be behind these other programs? Listen. It's so... Look, Jack, uh, we, we, we both admire the efforts, uh, you know, by the, uh, the various uh, task force in New Jersey and in New York State uh, to try and get around this. But as you just said a few minutes ago uh, with, with Dr. Rob Gilbert, you know, this is the, the virus is still in control and, and we can make all these great plans and strategies and plan B's, whatever. Exactly right. But the fact is. The virus is dictating how this is going to work out, um, and I, I, it just seems like we need to sort of take a step back and say, look, let's understand there are certain sports that are low risk, like like running, like cross country or swimming or whatever it might be, and they can go ahead and go forth in the fall. If we're missing sports that much, go with those sports. But you know, I don't really understand, by the way, how they decided that football, of course, is high risk or wrestling because it's so close contact. But how is soccer only a medium risk as a, or basketball? What was the determination there? As you point out, you really can't play basketball. You can't play defense if you're 10 feet away from the, uh, the, the guy you're guarding. Uh, it, well, that, it that's the way I used to play. But. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, I don't understand how that works. Uh, or soccer, anybody who's seen a high school soccer match knows there's a lot of close contact and a lot of scrums, the guys going after balls or girls. I mean, it's just it's, it's really close contact. Uh, I, you know. I, you know, or, or or on a corner kick and the ball is uh, kicked into the scrum in front of the net. There's a lot of physical exactly, contact. Yeah. So I, I don't know, understand Rick, why that's medium risk, you know? My my contact my contact here, you know, my main contact is a, is a very good friend, a guy named uh, John Pizarro, who is the head football coach and um, head baseball coach at Hawthorne High School. And he says, after he gave me a lot of this information, he said to me, that's all contingent on this virus getting weaker, maybe being under control, maybe a, a vaccine coming out. But if it doesn't, now what they do in New Jersey, like you said at the beginning uh, in your opening, and they are, they came out with a program that um, um, John told me about that they're, 
ready to go to a start in January. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, every every single time that, you know, the virus stays where it is, every all the guidelines can be made, all the rules can be put forth, everything can be said, get started, get ready, and that's important, be ready. But every time they look at this virus and they see that where it is and the strength of this virus, they push it off. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think we're going to have sports. I really don't. But if Jack, people are safe and they – go ahead. I was just saying, i, I got to take a break here. But let me ask you this, because you, you're obviously no involved. You're getting around New Jersey. You're still saying, as I said uh, in the opening remarks, and I get these reports from everywhere, there are travel teams, uh, tournaments, huh? baseball, softball, everywhere going on, correct? It, it, I'm telling you, it's like there's no virus. I went to – I've been going to games, you know, I'm – I'm a, I'm a college uh, softball player, uh, uh, player. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I'm a college coach, and I still go out to look to scout. There are 16 U's and 18 U's going on, and it's like there's no virus. Kids are sitting on the bench, shoulder to shoulder, no no mask. Now, I went to watch one of my hitters the other day, and their team was following rules. Their kids were wearing masks. Their coaches were wearing masks. The other team. They're passing your water bottles. I mean, it's it was completely outrageous I, I, to think that we have a death virus here and we're not following rules. Telling you, as I said, uh, and Jack, as always, my thanks for your comments and your insights and your reporting. Uh, you know, this is really good stuff, and parents and coaches really benefit from hearing what you're seeing out there. Jack Smith, and thank you. Uh, and all right, we're, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'll go right back to your calls. As as Jack just mentioned and sort of delineated, we're seeing parallel paths here. On one hand, we're seeing kids and travel teams and showcases still playing like there's no virus. On the other hand, the high schools are going with contingency plans to push back the start of the fall, maybe start in January. It's getting very, very curious, very odd, and quite frankly, very, very complicated and frustrated. one 337 6666 is our number. I will return right to your calls after these messages. New York's number one, Sports Radio, 1019 FM, The Fan, and Sports Radio 66, WFAN. New York State has announced that all high school sports will be delayed until September 21st. Now, last week, as you recall, New Jersey said they would start on September 14th with practices. In other words, we're seeing in both uh, states a delay when it comes to high school sports this fall, obviously due to the COVID concerns. And just for the record, high school sports in Connecticut and Pennsylvania, well, they are slated to start on time. Just as they have in previous years, there is no suggestion or indication in those states, in Connecticut and Pennsylvania, that they are going to postpone their fall sports at all. For them, it's full steam ahead. Uh, They obviously feel that the levels of COVID uh, infection are down enough uh, to move ahead, uh, that perhaps, um, you know, uh, maybe here in New York, New Jersey, we're just being a bit too cautious. Uh, And along the lines of moving ahead, well, we already know that around the New York, New Jersey area, travel teams are already back to work and have been for several weeks now. Kids are playing, as we just heard from Jack Smithland, talking about uh, his own scouting of uh, of kids playing ball the last few weeks. They're all playing. And in many cases, some kids are trying to wear masks and be socially distant. In other cases, they aren't. It's just, 
you know, it is just so weird. Uh, and we're asking who's right and who's wrong at one 337 6666 Let's continue uh, with our calls. Let's go to our friend Ed Ward over in uh, Jersey. Ed, good morning. You're on the fan. Good evening. Hello. Hello, Ed. You're, not, you're on the fan. Hi, Rick. How you doing? Sorry, sorry for the delay. I'm at my showcase, and one of the supervisors here wanted to speak to me about something. How you doing? Good. Well, we're just talking about the fact that I mean, you're at a showcase for baseball, and you know, as far as you guys well, are concerned, here, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll give you the whole thing right now. I think it's been going great, and I'll tell you what's happened. Yep. Three times yesterday, I had park supervisors come in to make sure everything was social distance. Mm-hmm. And the parents here have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The players have been phenomenal. My umpires have been phenomenal, and even the coaching staff that I got hired, the college coaches that have been here, have been phenomenal. I've had a – it's amazing. We, we were here for 12 hours yesterday, starting at 9 o'clock in the morning. And whatever whatever it is, you know, I've had a ride around the fields and all that stuff, just to supervise and all that stuff. And everyone has been great about it. So, uh, And where, where is this taking place, Ed? Where, where is this taking uh, place? Lincoln Park in Jersey City, New Jersey. And one of your former college teammates in the ACBL – yeah, because he's coaching the team, Rico Bellini. Oh, geez, great ball player, Rico Bellini. He, um, yeah, he said to say hello and all that stuff. But give him, give him my is, best. Yeah, I will. I'll see him again a little later. But my point is this: I've had to prepare for this a while, especially with the social distancing and all that stuff. I send emails out to the coaches that are involved. You know, everyone that's been involved, and they've been cooperative. You know, you got to stay on top of it. Some people, and I feel, and I've I've gotten word on this because my nephew's a college coach and he's been to events no one's staying on top of it they're, they're just happy to run run their events if you understand what i'm saying and you know not not worry about the social distancing well i you know again this this is something that that i i pride on i enjoy doing i have to i have to be on top of this if you understand what so, i'm saying yeah well so let me ask you so if you see i don't know um situation where uh, a couple of players are not socially distant uh do you or somebody go over and just say hey you know back off or does that happen well here's what here's what i've done I, you know because because again i'm i'm running a you know right around all over the field you know if, if it's the players I, I i just ask the umpires if they see it just walk over to the coach politely and say hey, coach can you keep them social distance and all yeah. and everyone's been cooperative if you, if you understand what i'm saying what about what about uh, the kids? Do they have to uh, uh, before they can participate? Do they have to show documentation? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone's had a everyone's had to uh, sign a waiver. I got two site well, managers: Billy, Billy Ryan, Paul Grainer, and I also uh, Paul Grainer's a trainer, and uh, Steve Callian. Their responsibilities are to collect the COVID nineteen waivers, and not only that, they're taking temperatures right before the game. And all I was going to say, temperatures are being taken all the time. And do the kids have to uh, uh, sign some sort of documentation that they've taken a well, COVID not the, test? Not the not not the players. Their parents have to sign it. But like my umpires, yeah. and my coaches that are working event, they all have to do the same thing. Okay, I mean, a problem is, you know, it's it. this is what I just mentioned. There are baseball showcases, tournaments like you're running all day, and it's like, okay, we're back to work. And so, as far as you were concerned and your your associates, well, there's a reason that they shouldn't play baseball or softball in the fall because you already are, and it's being safe. I mean, has have you gotten any feedback? Anybody gotten sick or or or, or problems? No one's with? gotten sick. No one's gotten sick. We had a you know we had a skill session Friday night. Um, we had games yesterday, and you know we got we got games this morning. You know, two, two sets of games on two different fields. So, hopefully, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, it won't be so hot and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, well, it's going to be hot. <laughs> so, so I haven't gotten any complaints.
complaints and all that stuff. And um, what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to send a follow-up email, you know, like a thank you to all the teams. And I just said, please keep me updated if anyone, you know, got sick or whatever. Yeah. And how, how long has this been going on? How long have you been running these showcases uh, this, this year, this in July? This is the, this is the first one this okay. year. I've, this so, is my third year running the event. Yeah, what I'm curious about, Ed, is to see whether it happens in the next uh, two weeks if there are any spike in infections from these kids or their parents, you know? so Yeah, yeah. on that one. Well, I'm supposed to another, run another one in, 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 in two weeks, uh, another weekend one. We'll see what happens. Hopefully Governor Murphy won't uh, won't have make a decision and say, you know, because the spike's gone up and everything gets shut down, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Ed, thank you for this report. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Have Let's, a good day, Rick. <laughs> thanks, Ed. Good luck with the tournament. Uh, yeah, so there is a report from the field, and Ed's been running this yesterday, and um, he's doing all the protocols and taking temperatures and, and doing what they can to, uh, with the park rangers to remind the parents and the kids to be uh, to think about protection when it comes to uh, their hygiene stuff. And as far as those guys are concerned, it's, it's business as usual. Let's move on. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Andrew over in Corum. Andrew, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Andrew, you there? Yes, sir. Yeah, speak up, Andrew. I can barely hear you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. I can fix this. Hello. Can you hear me? Much better. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Uh, my my thing is the complaint about the inaction of the American government compared to other countries that are dealing with this combat, this pandemic, where $2,000 a month has been given to every citizen for six months now. And Americans have been left out hanging to dry with nothing. Andrew, I'm going to stop it, you right there. We're not talking about the American government right now. That's a topic. Uh, which We're talking is so about how Americans have been screwed and the pandemic has Andrew, been made thank, much worse on Andrew. purpose. Let me stop you there. Thank you. That's not the focus of what we're talking about right now. We're not talking about the American government. We're not talking politics. We're talking about our kids. We're talking about our kids getting back to playing sports. That is the that is the domain of the show, and there's a lot of people who want to call and get their thoughts across. In fact, let's go to uh, David over in Edison, New Jersey. David, you're on the fan. How are you? First of all, I appreciate you know a lot of these sports shows are getting too political. But um, well, they may be political, and that's up to the you know the uh, the hosts of the shows. But in this particular case, uh, my time is limited, and we have a lot of ground to cover, as you know, David. Uh, you know, because parents are looking for answers now. You know, we just heard from Ed Ward; he's running baseball uh, showcases. Seems to be doing just fine. We also heard from Jack Smithlin. There's concerns about uh, parents saying, "I'm not sure I let my kid play football this year, even if the school sanctioned it." Is a lot of lot of debate as to what's the right way to go in this. Right, so what I, here's what I think. Listen, if you see 50% of the parents are saying they wouldn't let their kids play, then yep. let everyone, let, the school should change it and let those parents not let the kids play. You know, at some point, it's, it's like the, the parents can make the decision. And it's, it's really like, I think it's a little bit of a weak argument to say that you're putting the kids in too tough of a situation. You know, the resilient kids, they can't play for one year, then that's it. You should making everyone lose out. A lot of people, parents are, are, okay, are okay with their kids playing and are willing to take the risk. I, I don't know if you know it's considered risk. There's like, with kids especially, though, the rates of infection, the infection might be high, but the rates of people getting, like, seriously sick are very low. It's, it's really not, like, you know, I think it's at well, some point people make their own decisions. We do know 
statistically that uh, the kids in their teenage years who contract the virus, uh, we've gotten some preliminary uh, results that say that these kids are not the ones who are looking at uh, concerns of mortality. Uh, the, the, the disease tends to really take its toll on uh, people over the age of 30, 35. Uh, and that's the concern. The kids may be, you know, maybe asymptomatic. They get the disease, uh, you know, from their peers. But when the kids go home, and hang around with their parents or, or their, uh, you know, older grandparents, whoever in their, in their immediate family, those are the ones that end up uh, being the ones with the real health issues and having up, uh, you know, going to, to be hospitalized. So that's the concern here. Uh, you know, the problem is that kids, and this is true of all generations of when you're, you know, 16 or 18 years old, you think you're going to live uh, forever, that you're going to be immortal. And you sure as heck don't worry about what you're going to be like when you're 50 or 60 or 70. But unfortunately, that's, that's the reality of this, uh, this really, you know, god-awful disease. We, it's invisible, and we just don't know how it, how it affects uh, the older people because maybe it's the kids bring it home. So, you know, while we hear that kids are allowed to go back and play sports and they seem to be healthy and fine, the real concern is a few weeks later, how are the kids' parents dealing with? And I, I do think, David, and, and thank you for your call this morning, I, I do think it's a real concern as to, you know, how do we, I mean, the kids today also know, and kids are smart. Kids are obviously, they're online 24-7. Uh, there are reports that uh, in some cases, uh, the, even if you're young and you contract the disease and you don't feel any, any concerns, the disease may have some, may have some long-term impact on your lungs in terms of scar tissue, which is not resolve itself or go away. Uh, that's something that the, the doctors are still checking on. We've heard about younger kids having problems with inflammation of their, their arteries and stuff. So there's so many un, unanswered questions about this weird virus and how it takes a toll, not just on older people, but on the kids as well. And if your kid is an athlete, you know, and they're in the prime of their life, yeah, you want them to go out and, and play and compete, but you also worry about the long-term impact as well. That, that's what we're talking about on the show this morning. All right, let, let me take a time out. Obviously, I, I want to get more discussion about this and talk more about, you know, what what do you think we should be doing? Are there other ways, other solutions that we haven't considered yet? We haven't talked much about this uh, idea, for example, of starting just holding off in the fall entirely and starting in January. There would be overlap of uh, three seasons in, in the, into uh, the spring, uh, which causes complications as well. But maybe that's the thing to do. Maybe we'll have a vaccine by, by January. Anyhow, one eight seven seven three three seven. 6666, that is our number. Uh, I will return with your calls after this timeout. Well, you can't have New York without sports. And you can't have sports without the fan. Sports Radio 1019 FM. 66 WFAN New York. Well, here's some good news. Ed Randall. He's back talking baseball, and he'll be talking baseball this morning here on The Fan at 9 o'clock right after the Sports Edge. Got to tell you, it was uh, nice to see the Yanks and the Mets uh, playing baseball last night. Uh, you know, that, that's that's a good sign. Uh, yeah. 
for baseball fans like myself, it was very welcome news. Um, and so let's hope uh, that the Major League Baseball season gets off and uh, gets through their shortened season this year. It'll be obviously interesting to see how this all you know works out. Uh, and I also remind you, of course, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at hashtag AskCoachWolf, or you can go to AskCoachWolf.com. Right now, we're taking calls about we're looking for uh, you know crystal clear solutions in a very clouded, problematic situation when it comes to high school sports. I mean, maybe just using common sense that I mentioned early on, take the really low-risk sports, uh, you know, and and let them start off in the fall and let them compete uh, and then hold off on the more uh, middle or or high-risk sports until January. Uh, does that make sense? I mean, common sense sort of says, why don't we do it that way? But again, we've heard already this morning that there are, you know, showcases for baseball and softball and other summer camps that are uh, for sports that are up and running. Simple as that. one 337 Let's continue our conversation with, uh, with uh, John over in Glen Ridge. John, good morning. You're on the fan. Yeah, good morning, Rick. So a couple of points uh, I want to make. Uh, number one, I think we had need to reduce the risk, right? And the key to reducing the risk is playing with masks. Uh, temperature checks, people can be infectious for two to three days before they spike a temperature, so that's not a panacea at all. Yep. Keeping your hands clean, not a panacea. My son plays in a highly competitive AAU team, and uh, they are wearing masks full-time at practice. Now, what's um, what, what sport are you? Uh, basketball. Basketball, okay. Right, so they started off with socially distancing practices, um, and then they moved into, okay, we need to go into scrimmaging. Everybody on the team wears a mask full-time at practice, from the moment they step on the court to the moment they're off the court. So even though they're competing and they're guarding each other, uh, the scrimmages and the games, they're all wearing masks full-time? Not the games. So our coach is an excellent coach, a wise man, and he has made a mandate that they wear the masks at the, at the, at the practices. Unfortunately, in the league that they play in, they don't have this rule, and our players, in order to be competitive, have decided you know they're they're not going to wear the masks in the game. And my son, in the first weekend, played in the first day with a mask on. Um, he couldn't compete because of you know there was restricted breathing, obviously, but it's yeah. not dangerous. But the next day, we said, okay, we'll make it. A, once again, this is a, as Jack said, we're put, um, as a parent, I'm put between the rock and the hard place. Yeah, he's a, he's a competitive athlete. So we made an allowance saying, while well, you were engaged, actually in play on the game on the court. You don't have to wear the mask. But now, John, doesn't isn't yeah. that isn't that sort of? <laughs> yes. Yes. You know. You know what I'm going to ask is isn't that sort of like self defeating? I mean, you go through all these precautions. The kids are obviously wearing masks yeah. during practices, and now we're going to play play against another team, and we're taking the mask off. I mean, I Absolutely. know you, you can't play basketball and breathe with, through a mask. It's very very hard. I was watching uh, Clint so, Frazier last night wearing a mask, and he hit a you know towering home run. But baseball isn't so much about the, the, the heavy-duty... Well, 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 hold know. on, Rick. Let me get to some points on this. Yeah. The, quick to the point on this. Yes. One of the players in the league tested positive already. Oh. So, so now we've exploded. The league's been shut down for at least a week. We don't know what the, what, the, what the outcome is going to be. Right. Number two, you can. It is difficult. It is uncomfortable. It is nasty to wear a mask. But I can yes. tell you from firsthand experience, right, and ask many military veterans, especially Gulf War veterans, you can do a lot of PT, a lot of physical, high aerobic activity, wearing protective gear. And I'm not talking about a little face mask. That, that's what we're looking for these players to wear. And I'm talking about full, you know, chemical protection warfare stuff. 
There's a, there's a clip of uh, Jarhead, the movie. If you go and search on Google, Google for Jarhead gas mask scene, you can see what you can actually be doing in a gas mask. Uncomfortable, yes. Sweaty, yes. Reduced uh, ability, yes, right? But it's not dangerous. And if all the players are wearing these things, we have an even playing field. And to your original point, we will be able to have a better chance of having the full sports. If people mask up. And also, back to your, your caller about the baseball, first-hand accounts, social media images, the social distancing going on at the baseball tournament is completely inconsistent. There are group gatherings all over the place. You can see them in social media pictures. Yep, yep, completely yep. inconsistent. Yes, there's so, no. Nobody seems to. It's just rare. It almost is like is, is unique when you see a group that's following all the guidelines uh, laid out by the CDC or the National Federation of High Schools. But and the travel level again, the, you hope and pray they do. But as you just said, right. you know, they don't see that universal kind of approach, and that's what's so disconcerting. But but John, let me come back to this one thing about, about yep. these. Face masks. Now, I, you obviously know this. You were in the service. Are, are these face masks uh, that you talk about? First of all, uh, are they really? Uh, how uncomfortable are they to wear if you're playing, you know, high school basketball? How tough would that be, or football? Two. How much do they cost? I mean, so this uh, is what I'm talking about. We're, to- we're talking about standard PPE, not N95s. We're talking about surgical masks yeah. or double layer cloth masks. And the biggest challenge, and this could be an engineering issue, right? So the biggest challenge that my son found in playing in the game with the only one wearing, only one on the court wearing the mask, right, was on, on inhaling, right? So what happens is that on the inhale, the mask would actually get sucked into his mouth. Yes. Right? So we need to somehow have a frame up around that. This is, that's an engineering thing that we can do. Once again, uncomfortable, yes. Miserable, yes. Harder, yes. At the end of the season, you know, these kids are going to have stronger lungs. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know? well, I, I yeah. guess so. That, that's an unusual sort of side effect. But still, yeah. I mean, you, you, I mentioned earlier on in the show about the NFL is now experimenting with some sort of like plastic shield uh, with their helmets. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, that may be some uh, yeah. to consider. Although, again, it's not like they're airtight like a mask is. They just basically. No, no, sort of, exactly. And what, what, the, what the mask is actually doing, so you have to remember this, it's not stopping the virus from going out. It's, it's severely decreasing the velocity of the particulate that could be carrying the virus, right? Yeah, so we're talking yeah. about 60, 70, 90, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's a significant reduction in the, trans- uh, the chance of uh, transmitting it by wearing a simple surgical or double-ply um, uh, mask, double-ply cloth mask. And well, once again, the other part of this thing was, is the mental health for children, right? So we have to balance this in. So what we, our approach has always been like, how do we reduce the risk to an acceptable level? And once again, I, I, I'll say it, I feel like a hypocrite when I let my son say to compete with other, other top athletes not to wear a mask in, during gameplay, right? And now the weekend before the next practice, one of the kids in the league is positive. Yeah. Well, here, From a team that temperature checks. Yeah, I hear, here's the thing, uh, and I, it, it'd be it'd be wonderful. And 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 John, thank you for your 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 thoughts today. I appreciate it very much. But here's the thing: if if we had a situation where some uh, creative, innovative uh, manufacturer's masks was able to come up with some sort of protective face mask, which allowed uh, the athlete to breathe and and obviously suck in oxygen while they're competing at at the top levels, that would be a win-win. Uh, uh, in the hopes that they, these masks that, that you can breathe through also somehow prevented the exhale from from uh, going into an opponent's face. I think that would be something worth considering, but the fact is the whole idea of mask is to keep your, your, your exhale uh, close to you so you're not spreading germs. 
I don't know if that's even possible. Uh, the fact we haven't heard about these masks yet uh, makes me think that it's not it's not really feasible. But it's something at least that, you know, we're looking for solutions. Well, it's something to, to think about. And as we just heard from the caller from John, he just said, look, it's, it's you know, you can't play basketball. And um, it's, it's a real problem. You're taking the masks off when you're playing basketball. It doesn't make any difference if you hit the mask on during practice. During the games, that's when kids are obviously interacting and, and breathing on each other. That's a concern. Let's move on. Let's go to Riverdale. Larry is standing by. Larry, you're next up on the fan. Yes, sir. Uh, I enjoy your show, and I've been listening to your uh, callers. Uh, my question is this. Uh, do you think there should be a mandate for Little League, high school, or college for masks uh, I'm a little bit confused about the pros and cons as what a mask can do. Well, you know, that's the concern. I mean, I, 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 uh, all the medical experts, let's start with that, Larry. I mean, the, the medical experts uh, are telling us masks are essential, just like social distancing. So w- when you have a situation where you see... Like this, like baseball last night. I was watching very carefully. I mentioned that Clint Frazier uh, was wearing a mask uh, throughout the entire game, even when he was batting. So clearly, Clint Frazier must feel this is important. This is essential to wear a mask all times, and it didn't seem to obviously uh, have any impact in a negative way on his ability to hit a baseball. Uh, but no, the other players are wearing masks, except on the bench. Um, the umpires, I was curious to see, had sort of a, a clear plastic uh, a, a face mask uh, behind home plate. And the umpires on the bases wearing masks. Uh, we saw the, uh, you know, the, the uh, uh, Rojas, the manager of the Mets, get to the mound and stop uh, with the grass ends and uh, you know spent you know some distance away from his pitcher. I, you know, the fact is. In, in a more perfect world, and, and Larry, thank you for your call. Let's just, you know, let's just reset this. We do want our kids to wear masks. Uh, the question is, as we heard from the previous caller uh, before Larry, how, how do you, how do kids compete uh, in a heavy, intense sport uh, when they can't really breathe in oxygen when they're wearing masks? That's the problem. Um, we still don't understand how, for example, in baseball again, you know, if, if the catcher is right behind the batter, uh, and that they're interacting from a typical at bat. Let's say the count goes full. Yeah, they're interacting right next to each other for probably three, four, five minutes. How does that work? Because the catcher's not wearing a mask. The batter, except for Frazier, he's wearing a mask. Uh, uh, it, these are questions we haven't figured out yet, and I don't know how. I mean, for example, with baseball also, there's been a lot of, uh, to do about the fact that when, it, when guys are warming up, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll throw a ball to a teammate, and then the ball they use is, is quickly tossed to the side, and it's wiped down to get rid of germs. Well, how does that work when in a double play situation where the third baseman takes the ball on a hopper, on a, on a, a DP ball, and throws it over to second base? Does that mean the second baseman has to drop the ball and get it cleaned off and get a new ball to throw on the first base? Obviously, I'm being facetious here, but this is, I don't understand how this works. It's just very, very screwy, and we'll have to wait and see how this all, you know, plays out. But these are the concerns we're dealing with, and at the pro level, where obviously there is all sorts of medical attention and lots of experts and trainers and so on and so forth uh, in place, how does this trickle down to the high school level? Or the travel team level, where budgets are much more severe, and there's a lot less person medical personnel to supervise this, we just don't know. We, that's that's the problem. Let's uh, let's continue very quickly over to Ron and Wyckoff. Ron, you're next up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. Yes, Ron. Um, 
Pleasure to, pleasure to listen to your show, but what, I'm, I'm a volunteer. I've been out involved in youth soccer for 40 years. I do high school soccer. I also formerly refed on the college level. My, one of the biggest problems I'm listening to a lot of what's going on is that there is a big difference between people who are involved in this for the money, the showcase in baseball. You've got to ask these people. They're making money because I see what's going on in soccer. The people running tournaments right now are in this for the profit. Yes. As opposed to us who are volunteers, yep. I don't make any money. I, I get paid for fishing, but I don't make money for my work on the board. And I think there's a big difference. The people on the professional level who get paid for this are worried about their income, whether they be paid trainers or running tournaments. They make a lot of money off of this. And therefore, when we talk to someone running a baseball showcase, ask them, are you making money? Are people <laughs> making money off of this? They have a completely different take on this because they're losing millions of dollars. Ron, you and know, that bothers uh, me in making decisions. I, I hear you loud and clear, and that's a, that's a good point to end the show on. Yeah, there are different priorities here between travel teams, which are run for profit. You People listening to the show know I've talked about this for a long time, as opposed to high school educators, who obviously are there for the education and the safety and health and welfare of their, their students slash uh, athletes. Big difference, and I think that's something that parents have to keep in mind uh, as they go ahead because it is a major a major issue that people don't often talk about in public uh, okay that's going to do it for me in this edition of the sports edge my thanks this morning to ed arzuman please stick around for ed randall he is up next i'll see you next week right here on the sports edge This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.